Thanks, guys. Right, okay. Um, we come into land. Everything that you need for things that you've missed uh, or want to go back to, it's all there, forward slash uh, healing. Can I remind you that the first two teachings that I did, right at the beginning, lay the foundations. If you missed those, I'd encourage you to go there first, rather than dip into some of the ones um, in the middle. In five minutes, literally, I want to ask you this question. Are you a good steward of your health? Do we steward our health well? Do you not know, Paul says, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Now, you might expect Paul to say, do you not know that the Holy Spirit fills your spirit, so look after your spirit? But no, the Bible's always way more integrated in that. It's always about your emotions and your spirit and your body and your mind and the act of your will. They are all always totally interconnected. So Paul can say, do you not know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? Therefore, what are you doing about your bodies? Are you living well with your bodies. And it's a challenging question. When you're young, you don't think that you need to steward your health. My kids are in A&E about 2.5 times a week because they think they're invincible. They don't think they need to steward what they've got. It will always survive. As we get a little older and a little wiser, we understand that that's an immature approach and we need to be careful how we steward our bodies. The NHS is quite helpful. When you're 40, as I know, you get a little letter saying, come and see us. We're now worried about your health. Welcome to being 40. I know that's nothing compared to being older than 40. (laughs) Health check, here we go. So there are seven signs of being alive. GCSE biology, seven signs. Some of you may remember some of them. First sign is this, breathing. Well, that is hilarious, isn't it? (laughs) If any of you are breathing, you might be alive. So, question, question. All this will be on the website, okay? What are you breathing in? What are you breathing in? Physical air, but what else? What are you breathing in? Are you living well and responsibly with what you pour into your life? If you, if you're in, uh, if you watch, uh, lots of aggression, if you watch lots of different value things, that does affect you. It does change you. If you play computer games 12 hours a day, when you turn that off, you are angry. Period. No parent here who doesn't understand that. So what are you breathing in? And sometimes you can't help what you're breathing in because you're in a very difficult environment where God has placed you. But if you're breathing polluting air for quite a while, you have to breathe fresh air in equal measure. Understood? It's obvious, really, isn't it? We bring kids over from Chernobyl, give them a few weeks' holiday and extend their lives by five years. Figure that one. Breathing air. Movement. If you're alive, you're able to move. Look at that. But some of us live as if there's no movement. We do the same thing in the same way all of the time. We only do faithfulness. But is there movement? When you say to someone, um, if someone says to you, I'm in a dead-end job, you know that something's dying in their spirits. 
Some of us live in an environment as if it's the dead end. It will always be the same. I expect next year to be the same as last year, or at least I just hope it'll be the same. No, no, no. Where are you moving? So where, where, where's the next breakthrough? Where's the next development? This is the NIV uh, rendition, but the King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So what's the, the movement of your life over the next six months, 12 months? It's a healthy way to live. Nutrition. I mean, this is awkward, isn't it? How well fed are you? Apocryphal story in our house is that when Kerry was ill, and she would be like, Ill, you know, proper ill, and I was responsible for a few days for the feeding and eating, I cancelled the fruit and veg order. For several reasons. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to cook it. I didn't like it. I didn't know if everything in that box could be eaten, the paper bags as well, or only some things in the bag. Uh, uh, and, and I do, though, eat my vegetables when Kerry's looking because there is a certain level of responsibility about the way I feed myself. How well fed are you? How well fed are you emotionally? If your emotional tank is this big, how full are you? If you do things all the time that drain your tank and you never see your tank filled, you're heading for a collapse, then a relapse, then a breakdown. Simple. So I'm asking you, how well do you feed your life emotionally? And how well do you nourish yourself spiritually? Maybe it's time to grab hold of all that we said about soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer. Again, forward slash on the website, soap, a way of nurturing your spiritual life from uh, the Bible. How well fed are you? And how sensitive are you? Are you sensitive that your body needs rest? Do you know when your body needs rest? So do you have a rhythm of rest and work or do you rush and crash? Have you taught your body that you don't need to rest much? Have you lied to your body and said you can keep going? It's better not to stop. If I sit down, I'll never get going again. So for 30 years, you've never sat down. So some of us have a tendency to become workaholics. That's an unhealthy way to live. Some of us have a tendency to sit on the city. That's an unhealthy way to live. Both extremes. TV and dominoes is not God's kingdom call on your life, obviously. But neither is striving and rushing like it all depends on you. So how sensitive are you to what your body needs? This summer, what do you need? Interestingly, I have to really fight during this summer period for people in this church to stop doing stuff. Because the drive, the drive we're going to keep it going. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep going. Unless we stop, unless we have a rhythm of work and rest, then we're not being at all sensitive to our bodies. And, and sensitivity is a sign of healthy life. There's a reason why Psalm 23, he makes me lie down. doesn't suggest it, but he makes me. Because most of us wouldn't do it unless he made us. And even then, we kick and squirm. This one's obvious, sign of life, is that you're getting rid of all the rubbish. And we've talked a lot about that over these last few weeks, uh, um, releasing ourselves from all the stuff that hinders us and so on. Sixth sign of life is growth. Have you learned anything? Have you changed anything over the last six months? Are you planning to change things over the coming six months I haven't got time to tell you some of the things I thought I've been learning and growing in over the last six months, but I will tell you about a plan 
Uh, Kerry and I know that if we're going to lead out well, we really have to learn to up our game in prayer. Sounds obvious, doesn't it? A bit daft, really, but it's true. We've got to really push in with what God's calling us to uh, in terms of prayer. And so we've uh, uh, recognized someone who can pray in a way we go, wow, I want to be like that. And we've said to that person, look, we want you to invest in us over these next six months. We want to meet you. We want to learn from you. We want to get under your skin because we want to learn as disciples what we see God has given you. So over this next six months, over this next 12-month period, a living being grows. That's a healthy expression of life. What are you growing in? And then lastly, where are you reproducing? So who are you, who are you reproducing yourself in and what are you reproducing in them? Who are you reproducing yourself in and what are you uh, reproducing in them? We're going to be quiet for two minutes. Where's the challenge for you this morning? Where are you not living well? Where, when the thought of having a health check, does panic set in? I shouldn't have had that third Big Mac before coming to church. Or, actually, I know that walking really helps me physically, emotionally, and spiritually, but I've stopped doing it. Where am I committed to something over these next six weeks or so when really I should let go? Let's pray. We pray, Lord, this morning for those that need our, our prayers. We pray for Fred Dove following the loss of his brother. Lord, would you minister to him and his family? For Margaret and Frank Carver following the loss of great-uncle Norman. For Helen Blackman following the loss of her mother and anticipating the funeral this Friday. For Euline Felix still coming to terms with the loss of her brother. Margaret Kane for the loss of a friend. We pray for Lawrence Raybone that you keep him safe in Israel. Pray for Claire and Rich Earl. Claire's been really, really severely ill this week with a virus. Pray for Claire and Rich. Pray for Tina's dad, Len Wren, following a bad diagnosis. Tony and Val Norman. For Margaret Holden. For healing for her leg, Lord God. For Helen Blackman's daughter, a granddaughter, Imogen, who's been admitted to hospital just yesterday. Pray, Lord, that they'd get to the bottom of what's happening with her. Bring your healing to her today, we ask. We ask for a breakthrough in her life. Just sense prophetically this morning that someone's really struggling with the idea that God would love them. It's great what God does for other people. 
It's great the way God works, but I'm really wrestling. Because if God loved me, this wouldn't happen. We live in a broken, fallen world. And God's love for us is not according to the circumstance, which is all topsy-turvy. But God's love for us is found in a cross. The God himself who suffered as we suffer. A God himself who laid down his life for us. A God himself who promises that one day all will be put right. That one day this will be transformed into that. So we ask, Lord, for you to speak over our lives and our situations. Speak to our hearts as we respond to you now because we know, like that centurion, that if you say the word, it will be done.